This is the Houston Coaches Podcast, where we honor the legacy of Houston area football and promote growth within the coaching profession through conversations with the greatest Houston area coaches of the past, present, and future. Brought to you by the Greater Houston Football Coaches Association. Welcome to the Houston Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Andres Gomez, and we're back with another episode in the hopes that we can use the wisdom and experiences of past and present Houston area coaches to help guide those of us who are now charged with leading programs of our own and are navigating through the rapidly changing landscape of high school football, as well as to leave a blueprint of success for those future campus and district leaders who are in the early stages of their journey. Our guest today is Coach Austin Flynn of the Deer Park Deer. It's great to have you join us, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Uh, so first off, you know, uh, we like to start with all our guests. Uh, just give us a brief rundown of your playing and coaching career, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I, um, I'm i an alumni of Deer Park High School, played uh, played here, uh, played football and baseball, and then uh, got an opportunity to go to Ames, Iowa, at uh, Iowa State University. Uh, redshirted there, played for four years, and then got my first um, opportunity to come back to coaching and came back to this area, went to South Houston High School, coached for four years there three years as a defense coordinator, which is very interesting because I've, uh, before that, I've done nothing but offense um, as a player, uh, but got an opportunity to be the DC. I thought that really helped, you know, my career down the road. Um, and then it really parlayed in the next opportunity that, uh, and, and C.L. Whittington, who was an oiler, great. He was the head coach at South Houston that gave me that opportunity out of college and gave me the opportunity to be a DC for three years. Um, but there was, um, a coach that coached me at Iowa State that started an NAIA program in Des Moines, Iowa, that uh, his son was the defense coordinator that uh, I played with and I would say was good friends with. They they needed a DB's coach. And again, it's funny kind of things work out and that I would never gotten that opportunity if I didn't take that DC job or have given that opportunity to be the DC uh, because that, that was the need that they needed only. It was a DB's coach. So I went for a year of DB. Uh, by a guy named Mike Woodley as the head coach. He was the head coach of Sam Rayburn High School in between Iowa State and then taking his Grandview uh, University job. Um, so he gave me an opportunity the year after that as a DB's coach to be the offense coordinator. So ended up being the offense coordinator there for six years. That's tremendous success. Uh, ended up got an opportunity to play for the national championship, won a national championship at the NAIA level. And then oh. um, this job came available. Uh, my wife is from here. We dated uh, in high school. My parents are longtime coaches here. And uh, so, you know, when this job came open, when Coach Master decided to retire, uh, you know, threw my name in, in the hat and uh, fortunate enough uh, to be to be the head coach. Just got done with my seventh year. And um, so we're back home again. That's awesome. man. And that's and I was going to ask you about that. Uh, you know, because that, that's that's pretty pretty rare. I think you know somebody gets to go back to their alma mater Absolutely. And, and be the head coach. So, so what, what has that experience been like? It's been great. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you're never going into a job, or, or I wasn't going into the job not knowing where to, you know, go eat, or you know, a lot of the same same places. And uh, obviously, the schools, uh, you know, they've had some additions since since I've been in high school. Obviously, but you know, you just kind of know where everything is. You have a good feel. You're comfortable. Um, you know, on how things kind of operate, uh, obviously knowing the people, uh, instead of going to a job that you may not know and just trying to get that feel and, and try to figure out, you know, obviously the community, the, 
um, you know, how, how the school runs, all those type of things. I think that's what helped me kind of jumpstart it right away uh, in that I didn't have to worry about that or I didn't have to learn that part of it. I had, I had a pretty good sense uh, of where and how everything kind of operates here. So it, it, I'm very fortunate in that regard. And, and again, uh, with my parents being here and my three kids, I mean, just, you know, the personal side of things, <laughs> it, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it makes it helps you probably focus on, you know, some of the other things that's that exactly right. You need to learn about the job and not have to worry about, you know, the, the, the whole, the big picture stuff that you already know. You already know the campus, you already know. And I, I assume, you know, probably some faculty members are still working there from when you were a student. And, oh yeah. I had a math teacher that he's gone now, but uh, he, he, he taught me in math and he was, he was still here. So one of the best math teachers I've ever, ever been around teachers in general, people in general. So yeah, there, there's still some, and some administrators, you know, that were teachers um, back in the day that are not administrators that, uh, you know, they were around when I was around. So like you said, that familiarity was, is, was something that really helped out early for me. That's, that's awesome. What did, what did your parents coach? My, my dad, uh, they're, they're both junior high coaches. Uh, they, they, they're all, they're both retired now, but, um, they, they did it all. My, my mom was uh, volleyball, basketball, tennis track. Uh, dad did, um, football, basketball, uh, tennis, uh, kind of done it all. I, I, my dad in the junior high level um, uh, with football and basketball and tennis, I, I should say, did them all in junior high. But so that, that part was pretty neat. And, uh, you know, would love to do that with my, with my two sons, you know, my daughter obviously would be around. I won't be coaching the herb uh, by all means, but uh, you know, I, I think that's a pretty unique thing and something I'd love to have my kids do. Yeah. Uh, that's great. And, and there, there's something, you know, just special about, you know, being a coach's kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think you, that's the other thing that I, that I've realized is, you know, you, you that some of those little things that, you know, the rest of us had to learn. That's when right. We got into coaching. Like that's you, right. You've been able to see the behind the scenes stuff before yeah. that, you know, having parents that coach. That's right. When you see yeah. the time that they have to put in and, and the things yep. they do and how much they care for those kids and, you know, and they, they treat them just like we did. I mean, we had some of that that lived with us for a little bit just because of dire circumstances, you know, it's just that uh, unselfishness and, and then being a coach and, you know, a teacher that uh, that I was able to be around, just like you said, that maybe is a little bit different than than some other guys. Yeah. So, you know, so aside from your from your parents, uh, you know, as you've gone in through your career, who would you consider or some of your mentors uh, that, that taught you about coaching and, and what, what are some of the lessons you learned from them? Yeah, I mean, it, shoot, I could I could name off a lot of guys that have really helped me out through the through the years you know like I said CL Whittington was an oiler great that first hired me and just just to see his passion uh, his commitment to kids have were unbelievable and to be able to get onto a staff like that that's really helped me kind of build that foundation how to treat people how to go about it you know just all in for the kids um you can go to, the, to my even my next head coach like Mike Woodley at Grandview University you know, he was so firm with kids, hard on kids, but he was honest. He was genuine. And those kids would run through the wall for him, even how firm he was. And, you know, his son was our defense coordinator, uh, who's now the head coach. Who, Mike Woodley is retired now, but uh, same exact way. And that's what I really learned a lot from those two. Uh, there's, you know, we had a guy on staff who was, ended up being the D.C. for Grandview. Uh, a guy named uh, Travis Johansson, one of the best defensive minds I've ever ever been around. You know, he's a DC for uh, for South Dakota now. Um, you know, it, it, you could you could go through a lot of guys that have really 
helped you along the way, but you know, those are probably the guys that I've probably learned the most or really looked up to that, um, that I learned a, a ton of and I still use today. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, you know, the, the, every step of your journey is going to have some people that help you. I mean, no question. No way somebody can do this by themselves. No so, question. Yeah. And you know, the longer you're in it, obviously the more people you're going to be able to say, Hey, you know, that, that person. <laughs> that's so, right. As long as you keep learning, you know, which is, which is part of, part of the job. You got to keep learning. You got to keep growing. No so, question. There's always going to be people around to help you out. Uh, so, you know, on, on the flip side of it, you know, you, you've, you've been a head coach now for, for a few years. Uh, so when you have somebody on your staff that you think has potential to, to maybe be a head coach coordinator one day, like how, what, what are some things that you do to help those coaches grow uh, and be ready to maybe take that step someday? Yeah, you know, the first thing is, you know, really when, when I first got this job and this was my first head coaching experience and I kind of went into it thinking as an assistant I wanted guys that knows the X's knows I would match uh, the personality, the, the character, the work ethic and all that type of stuff. I soon, I, I quickly learned it's got to be the other way around, you know, guys that, that, that work, that work hard all the time that, um, you know, that the loyalty part the trust part that you're in it for the right reasons. You want to be here. You're all in type of things. I'll match the X's knows, or we'll teach that part. We'll go to clinics together. We'll do all those type of things you know, that I tried to hopefully emulate first off before I tell those guys that that's what, what you want to do or uh, what you want to be. Um, you know, we do little things. Uh, we have a leadership class every Friday that we use um, with our with our kids. I make every single coach get up there, uh, you know, throughout the whole spring and talk. They have a 15 to 17 minute window that they they have to go along with our team motto for that year. But what they mm-hmm. feel is best for leadership wise or even uh, just life in general of what they think is most important. And, and you know, again, correlated with our team and our motto. But uh, we record it. Uh, we, we get an iPad out and we don't send it to him. We put it on huddle and we send it to that individual coach that went that day. And hopefully they can evaluate themselves. Um, and we, we, we didn't do it last year, but. We even got in a staff meeting, you know, briefly and had people affirm, you know, the things that he did well, maybe some things that can uh, that do better. I mean, you know, just as much as anybody as being the head coach. I mean, you got to get up there and you got to talk and you got to be confident and you got to understand how to, to be a public speaker. And, um, mm-hmm. yep. you know, so it's little things like that that hopefully um, that, you know, these guys are starting to learn a little bit and, and they can reflect on it, get some feedback from it, watch it themselves, be their toughest critics, maybe change some things on how they want to present things. Um, so anyways, you know, little things along those lines that hopefully will help a lot of my guys uh, on staff get to where they want to go. Yeah, that, that, and that, that's phenomenal. And I think that's, that's, that's a very valuable thing to, to help with, with because, you know, you said there are some people who are, you know, just X and O geniuses, yeah, right. but, you know, couldn't get in front of a, of a group of parents and, and speak eloquently about exactly what, right. you know, what they plan to do. You know, they, they, they can speak to coaches, they can speak to kids, yeah. but when you, you get them in that, that other kind of format, <laughs> they, they're not as, not as polished. And so it's hard. It's, not, it's hard. It's something you got to, you got to work at and the skill, the skill to, to learn and, and figure out. That's, that's not an easy thing. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, so that, that's, I think that, that's a great, great exercise that, you know, that yeah. y'all do. Um, so, you know, as far as the, you know, that's obviously one, one of the components of, of off season is, is the, you know, the classroom time. Uh, 
What, what, what do you think, in your opinion, what's the most important aspect of your offseason program? Oh, that's, that's a loaded question, I think. You know, obviously the bigger, stronger, faster part, you know, everybody wants. But I think just as important, if not more important, you know, I think you're just building trust into your team. That's players and coaches, vice versa, uh, all together in that. You know, can you trust your teammates to be there every single day? Um, can you trust your teammates to have that same work ethic, that, that same common goal? And you really try to find out who you can trust the most. And, and, you know, obviously coaches are evaluating players every single day. But I think, you know, the players are evaluating the coaches as well. And I think, I think that's probably the biggest thing is just building the trust in the offseason for me. Um, and we try to, you know, obviously the leadership part, you know, we, um, you know, we want to try to develop our kids as far as the leaders. Um, but it's, you know, it's the work ethic, it's accountability. I mean, those things that you can really hone in on. Uh, you're not worried about on Friday nights or anything along those lines. This is it. And um, so to me, you know, obviously the bigger, stronger, faster is important, but it may be just as important, if not more, uh, just building the trust and the camaraderie of that of that group going into the fall. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that, that's, that's hugely important. We, we noticed at our place, we noticed, uh, you know, the last couple of years that, you know, we have, we'll have seniors that, you know, will look at some, another senior and say, I don't, I'm not sure what his name is. That's right. you know, and, and, yeah. and, and there's, you know, it, it blow, blows your mind to think, okay, like you've, <laughs> you've been next to this guy or on the same team yeah. for, for years and, and you don't know his name, you know? And so, so that's one thing we, we started just incorporating this, you know, this, this semester is, you know, at the end of every workout, I'll, I'll pick three guys and say, okay, stand up and tell us your name, tell us some, you know, it's a great idea. Cartoon, you know, something, something very simple, you know, they don't have to think about, but, mm -hmm. but where they can, you know, again, stand up and, and say their name, you know, audibly to their teammates, but also where they get to, you know, know a little bit about each other. And then now that opens conversation and, and that leads to just better relationships among them that they can then foster, uh, you know, throughout their time here. Yeah. So, I love it. That's uh, a great idea. We may be doing that soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh on, as far as the you know the the football side of things you know what what um what would you say your, your favorite scheme or play is mm -hmm. uh, and, and what, what is its purpose yeah i guess i'd consider myself an offensive guy so i'll i'll give you an offensive scheme that um my coordinator uh offense coordinator that i played with that i would say i've known a long time all that type of stuff he brought this um probably year two when we got here. And I believe he stole it from North Dakota state. So I'll try to give credit where, where it needs to be. But um, we really like, or I really like personally, you know, we really try to get four, four to a side on a pass concept, uh, particularly on the weak side where, you know, you may, you know, you may, most teams will try to use, you know, that boundary is an extra defender, but we're going to try to put four to a side, um, you know, have the far post near post, you know, numbers, sideline you know somebody in the flat you know we'll try to mix and match so there's a lot of eye candy i guess you could say uh we cross them up but quite a bit you know we'll use motion to get to that uh you know kind of that jet motion uh type of action and a little bit of a a, a run fake with it i just think there's a lot of things that happen and i think it's difficult to defend and that i'm going to try to overload you at one side um you know, love to draw it up for you and, and show you that, but uh, hard to explain. Yeah. But at the same time, it's um, it's been a really good concept for us, and and we've we've come up with a, a lot of different ways, variables to to get to it. You know, similar but but different formations, motion shifts with it, um, and really get to that kind of same concept. But it's been really really good over for the last three, four, five years for us um, that our offense coordinator Ben Barkema brought uh, brought to us.
Yeah. No, it, 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 sound, I mean, it sounds, uh, you know, like something that could be, you know, like I said, very effective, but also something that, you know, it, it's a concept. It's not like, right. you know, like so you, if you explain it to the kids, you know, when you tell them what you're trying to accomplish, you know, it's easier, you know, you can make different variations and then be able to say, hey, you know, you're ending up in the same place. We're just starting from a different spot. That's right. Motion to get you, you know, so, so, so that's. Give them a landmark. That's very valuable. Yeah. You know, and, you know, somebody, you know, anytime you try to teach an offense to a group of kids, you know, that like the, the simpler, the better. No question. You know, and, and we all have great ideas and we all have these great thoughts, but, but if you, if, if the kids can't understand them, it's not going to look very good. <laughs> that's so, right. So, but it sounds like that concept can be, can be easy to, you know, to put in place and then make the adjustments. Right. Uh, like you said, that, 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 that would make it uh, you know, a little more more diversified to, for the defenses to not be able to to keep up with it. That's right. So, uh, well, good. And uh, as far as you know, either on the field or off the field, uh, you know, what what are some trends that you see happening in, in our game, in the in high school football game right now? And, and what what direction do you think they're going to take our, our game? Yeah, you know, I I think it's just that how exotic defenses are offensive offenses are. I mean, it's just so creative nowadays. Uh, I think that's the positive thing that, you know, our game's going, um, you know, but ironically, it always seems like it goes back to the old school, you know, type of uh, type of football too. You know, we run a lot of motions and shifts, uh, you know, we, we get zone read off of it. Then we'll have a guy he can, pitch it to or throw it to, you know, something like, at the end of the day, it's really triple option. It, it's, uh-huh. you know, uh, we're just, you know, we're in the gun and it's just, you know, different ways to get to it. So I think um, it's funny, like you said, you come up with all these ideas, all these coaches have it's just so creative, um, but it, you know, it really comes back, I think, to the basis of football, um, you know, defensively, you know, it seems like you're just getting a lot of more, odd front, you know, even, even kind of D line of how they're playing it with their four eyes or fives and, you know, how they do it, the butt face rule, you know, all that type of stuff, even up front, all the way to the back end where, you know, we even dabbled in this a couple of years ago was three safeties. Um, okay. So how do you, how are you going to, you know, count him into the run, you know, run blocking scheme with that because, you know, he's eight yards right over the top of the ball and you saw this, you know, it's just exotic. And I, I love that part of it, uh, just creativity of it. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's some things that, that I think we're turning the wrong direction with, um, you know, this portal and NILs and, you know, skipping your senior year and all that type of stuff, I think is not good for our game uh, that I hope that, that, you know, particularly probably the NCAA kind of figure something out because I do think it is trickling down to us a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. that, that unfortunately, you know, that's probably another whole another conversation, a topic, but, um, that I'd like to see change and, and hopefully stops that trend, uh, on that part of it. So, yeah, I, I was, you know, I, and I, I'll never forget the first time I saw on Twitter, you know, a kid announced where he was going to high school, you know, eighth grader. Yeah. Saying, I decided, yeah. I'm going, this, you know, here's where I'm going to high school. I'm like, yeah. You're supposed to go where you live. Exactly. Right? It's not really a choice to this. Yeah. You, don't, you, you go, you go yeah. where, you, where your neighborhood is. Yeah. Man. I'm not putting hats on here for high school, but <laughs> whatever. But, but, but it is. And the kids see that and, and they think, you know, that that's something they want to try to emulate. And I mean, you see a lot of kids transferring and a lot of, yeah. uh, and, and unfortunately, you know, it's also uh, negative how 
well connected the kids are to each other because you know you can accuse a coach of recruiting your kids but you know coaches really aren't no we don't have time for all that no you know, most of us are, are, are we're doing our best to just you know keep our own program That's right uh, where it needs to be and we're not have time to go watch some other middle school or watch, <laughs> and, and but the kids themselves are the ones saying hey you know yeah. come play over here come do that and, yeah. and that's i think that's what makes it even more challenging is, is you can regulate the coach all you want but this this yeah you know, this that's not the problem is, right so well, i can agree more with you yeah uh so in uh, this is probably the most challenging question that that people always struggle with but uh, in, in your in your career, who who would you say are the top three high school players you've been able to watch in person? <laughs> that is a very good question. Uh, I had to think through that one, but um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get to play in the U.S. Army All American game, and so I'm going to consider these guys high school players, although they were kind of on their way to to their own college. Um, and it, I think it was January of my senior year, but I got to play with Vince Young. Um, you know, one of the best talents I've ever seen, uh, you know, in person in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, got to know him a little bit. Like I said, he was, he was starting quarterback. I was, I was a quarterback. I, I probably shouldn't have been there, uh, in his class by all means, but, uh, just get to visit him for that week and, and watch him play and practice and just the things he did. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, and in the same breath, there was a defensive lineman, Nada, that, uh, I believe he was, I believe he was from Utah and I, I can't remember if he went, he ended up going to Utah or went to Oregon, but anyways, he has an unbelievable career with the, with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the first eye opening thing, you know, when I was done my senior year in high school, <laughs> about to transition to college. And then I saw him, how big he was, how fast he was, how quick he was, how strong he was. Uh, you know, it opens your eyes and say, Woo, you know, either you start working, I, don't, I ain't making it to this place. But, um, <laughs> you know, he was one of the most explosive, biggest guys I've ever been around. And obviously, he goes on to have an unbelievable Hall of Fame career uh, right. with the Baltimore Ravens. But, the, the, you know, and then, you know, there's a lot of other guys in that same breath, too. Uh, those two were probably the ones that I, I would say really separated themselves in that game and that week. And, you know, obviously, Vince Young goes off and wins the national title. Uh, you know, with not going to Baltimore and having the career that he did, um, you know, you could see it pretty early. And that's what I would I'd say probably the two best, two best talents I've seen in person. Um, and I'm kind of cheating a little bit because it wasn't necessarily in a <laughs> high school game, but it was close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're, I mean, yeah, those are obviously very, like, you know, in, in all the, these conversations I've, I've done so far, you know, Vince Young's name comes up the most. Oh, yeah. Anybody that was around, yep. you know, when, when he was in Madison. high school and got to watch him play. I mean, yep. it, it's, yeah, he, he was, he was different. You know, you, you could tell as soon as he walked on the field. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and, and I've also, I've had some, you know, some coaches I worked with before who, who got to coach in that, the, all-american game today the, the u.s army or you know yeah and and so and and they always come back just raving about the experience and talking about just the collection of, of talent in those games you know those all-star games that that you know it, it, it makes your job as a coach so much easier <laughs> what they always say you know? I mean, coach Gomez, I, guys like that you know all over my defensive line yeah i could yeah <laughs> I'm, 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 i'll coach. say that i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on their backs it was i mean it's an unbelievable experience and uh if you ever get a chance even just to go to the game and just watching that mm-hmm. i mean it's it's that you know, I know they kind of do it all over the country. It's fortunate enough it was in San Antonio that year, so yep. I had a bunch of friends and family that ended up being able to go. But if you're able to just to go watch, and obviously if you get to coach that thing, uh, it's one of the best you know experiences mm-hmm. I've been around. 
Yeah, last time I got I went to San Antonio for that game, it was when uh, Trevor Lawrence was, was playing. Oh, yeah. he, he was the quarterback that year, so yeah. it, it was yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> a lot, lot of fun, but a lot, lot of yeah, a lot of great great talent there. Um, and so as far as you know, like I said, I mean, you you grew up in Deer Park. You, you, you're coached there now. Um, tell us, you know, some of the things that that make that community special. Yeah, you know, Deer Park is it's a single horse town. Um, which I think is, is getting more unique. Seems like, you know, just schools popping up, every, you know, all over the place. But, you know, when you get your, you know, town still back, it's kind of that old school Friday night lights type of Texas football uh, mentality. You know, they still come to games and our side's usually always sold out. And that's, that's in general, that, that's what makes this place so special, just the community, uh, how much they support it. Um, you know, and you can go all the way from administration, just the support they have for athletics, uh, the game of football, all that type of stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that that is what makes this this town still unbelievable, special. And obviously, I'm biased being from here and all that, but um, you know, I, I think anybody that sits in this chair would would, would get a sense of that and, and agreed with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's like its own a town, you know, in, in Houston area, but it's it's you got yeah. your own little town. Yeah, on the east side. So yeah. uh, it, it is. It, it is definitely, especially within you know here in, in Houston, it's it's a lot more rare to have. Yeah, just that, that don't one see it very often. And, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it does make them make them pretty special. Yeah. Uh, now you know, and now my my last question, you know, and that's you know what this podcast is based on is, is Houston area football. Yeah. And Houston coaching. So uh, you know, as somebody who's who you know played here is, is coach here. You know, you've got gotten to see you know, quite a bit of it. You know, how, how would you, how would you explain the legacy of, of Houston area football to somebody that's never been around it? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go a step further, I guess. I think just the state of football, I mean, the opportunity to go play in Iowa, the opportunity to go coach in Iowa, you know, I think the state of Texas first and foremost just does things a little bit more unique. And I think it's a little bit rare. I mean, you take for granted the athletic periods that we get every single day that doesn't happen in a lot of States. And, you yep. know, even the coaching uh, you know, you have to be, um, part of the ISD or, or, or employed by the ISD to be able to coach here. That's not what a lot of states do. I mean, they'll, you got a full-time job, then you come after school or after your job to co- get to practice and you, you know, you're doing it at night. So you get your part-time coaches over there. I mean, you talk about just the uniqueness in the state in general and the amount of emphasis we put on it. Um, you know, we take for granted a lot of times, but as far as the greater Houston uh, area, I, in my opinion, we've got a great blend of coaches. I mean, you know, you look at the veterans that, you know, a lot of them are retired now, you know, like, and you know, I mean, we've, we've sat down at dinners and stuff with these guys, but like Dick Olin and Creech and Massey and, and Coach Clayton and Sheffy, you know, all those guys that are still involved that just love this game so much, particularly in this area. And then you got guys that are, you know, kind of taking over the mantle, like yourself, Coach Rogers, you know, where, you know, Coach Williams, Coach Harrison, um, you know, Coach Benite, I mean, there's a lot of guys that just kind of transitioned to take over that and, and have done a great job. And then you got the young guys, um, you know, shoot, you, you look no further than East Side, East Side over here in North Shore and Willie Gaston. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about it doing a great job and how passionate he is. I think there's a lot of guys in that realm that, uh, that you know, are just going to start keep taking this over. So, I, in my opinion, our game is in great hands in this area. And, you know, and even the clinic that we had uh, that we just had in Katy last uh, last weekend, you know, the turnout, the guys that are still eager, you know, the young guys, the old guys, 
they're all there and they're trying to trying to get better and improve every single day. I mean, I think that just proves a lot of that. Um, you know, lastly, you know, I think we take care of each other around this area. I, I really do. And uh, if, if I ever need anything, there's a, there's a lot of guys I can call and be shoot. If I needed a helmet or something along those lines, I, it, there's a lot of people that, that'll, that'll take care and absolutely say yes. So I, I think that's this area and what I know, um, you know, I, like I said, I think we're in great hands and, and why this, the greater Houston area uh, is so special and why, why shoot football in general is, is the brand that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very, I think that's, that's very, very well said. And, and I think, you know, I think you, you hit it right in the head where, where, uh, you know, those guys that you mentioned at the beginning, I mean, you know, we, we were all coached by those. Yeah. Guys. You know, those those yeah. are our head coaches growing up and they, they, because of their passion and because of all the work they did with, you know, setting up the GHFCA and, and, and just the, the, their leadership, you know, we all got to see that as players and we got, got to that's learn right. from them. And, and, and then once we got into coaching, they were our mentors. Yep. They're they the ones, you know, instilling the value of, the, the professional organizations and, and all these things that, that we now hold so dear, you know, and, and the, hopefully we can continue to pass that along. And yeah. our players, you know, will someday start, you know, joining the ranks and, and, and becoming head coaches. And, and, and now they're going to be the ones that carry on the legacy and we can just continue to preserve it uh, based on what we, what we value. No and question. What we think is important. Here. No so, question. Um, so that's, that's, that's great. And uh, you know, coach, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I, I know I've, I've always, Get, enjoy getting to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thank you for taking time out of your day to, to share your, your wisdom and, and your your experience with us. And, you know, our audience definitely appreciates it. Uh, you know, I, I I wish you all the best this year. You know, and and uh, look forward to to getting together with you again soon. Absolutely, Coach Gomez. I just want to tell you too. I appreciate everything that you do, and you just hit the nail on the head with you know these guys that are moving up, taking over. You're absolutely one of those guys, and getting this out there, letting letting people learn. Um, you know, you putting the time and energy into that, uh, I think proves you know what what this Greater Houston coaches uh, you know area is is all about. And I appreciate everything that you do for this game, the coaching uh, profession, uh, and ultimately the kids. But so I, I want to tell you that. Thanks for having me on. And uh, shoot, enjoy enjoy every one of your podcasts. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks for the kind words. You bet. Uh, all right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. See you there. If you have a recommendation for a guest to have on the Houston Coaches Podcast that can help us continue to impact young men and women through the power of positive coaching, please email your suggestion to HoustonCoachesPod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at CoachesHouston and send us your suggestions there. You can catch a new episode every Friday on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Houston Coaches Podcast, presented by the Greater Houston Football Coaches Association. Our theme song is In the Battle of Good and Evil by Ryan Davis, a former high school football coach. Please subscribe to our show and leave us a review so we can continue to spread our message to a larger audience. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation about Houston area football and its impact on all those privileged to be a part of it.